0: Welcome to the Grey Wolf Podcast. Welcome to Episode 5 of the Grey Wolf Podcast. It is Ned joined by John. John, how are you?
1: Very good as always, man. Very excited to uh, talk to
0: another homegrown talent and a good friend of ours. Yes, indeed. We have the one, the only. We've got a bit of a king in the building. (laughs) There's a dad joke. Sean Bruce. Sean, how are you, man? I'm great, fellas. Cool to be on this show, man. Thanks for having
2: me.
0: Oh, we are very excited to have you because as John just mentioned, you are a homegrown talent. You are a Horsham boy. And we want to know, what's the deal, Sean? And there's got to be some sort of Shawnee's secret <laughs> stuff, possibly Stevie's secret stuff, because there's a lot of talent coming out of that Bruce family and Horsham in general, which it seemed to sort of skip my way, but tell us, is there some secret?
2: Oh man, I don't know if it's a secret. I think a lot of people know about Horsham basketball now and all the guys that have come out of there and something we're all proud of. Yeah, definitely with the help of not only my dad and family, but Owen and there, who he does a great job with us and spent a lot of time with us growing up, and no doubt Owen was a, was a huge factor in all us guys making it out of Horsham and going on to bigger and better things. I don't think it's much of a secret anymore. It really, just Owen and everything he did for us was really big.
1: You just need to be born into
0: the Bruce family, Nettie. That's yeah. what went wrong for you. I've got <laughs> the wrong last name, but yeah, there is, of course, you and Aaron, Shane McDonald, Mitch, of course, Melissa McClure, Yannick Blair. You guys were here last weekend for like the memorial that went up in the stadium it is just something else and it's just a real hats off achievement I guess to Horsham basketball and as you mentioned Owen hewen and, and the works Steve Bruce
2: yeah, I mean, it's something I think we're all really proud of and to be recognized last weekend with that mural, alarm, it was pretty surreal and it was cool to be down there and see it for the first time and I guess really big thanks goes out to the Basketball Association for doing that for us. It looks awesome and yeah, I just can't wait to see the, the next generation get up on that wall and hopefully the main thing with it is it inspires those kids that are playing in there and they got something to look up to and who knows, we can add some more guys to that wall, it would be a pretty cool thing.
1: Yeah, absolutely, man. And of course, you were joined by your brother, Aaron, on the wall, who, I mean, if we take it back a little bit, he would have been a really good mentor growing up. Of course, he ended up going on to play with Baylor for a number of years. How big of an influence was he?
2: Yeah, he was huge, man. He just gave me somebody to look up to and I guess for me just show that everything he did was possible and to see it in front of my own eyes, yeah, I was extremely lucky to be around him and just have him as an older brother. If anything, he just showed me the way and showed me that it's possible to do the things he did out of Horsham and yeah, I guess just gave me a little bit of a blueprint on what to do, what not to do and something I'm really lucky to have and really proud of him and all his achievement.
0: Yeah, he is a great example there too and I think it's crazy that he played at Adelaide and and then at Sydney as well and now you're sort of you're right there behind him Shawnee it's pretty sweet
2: Yeah, I I did think of that when I got to Adelaide. Like, a lot of my memories of the NBL coming through was going and spending time with us in my school holidays and stuff like that. Once I got to Adelaide, that was a pretty cool feeling. And now being here in Sydney, it's the same again. Yeah, following a bit of his path in terms of teams he played for and hopefully can keep it going for a few more years. Yeah, that's pretty exciting,
1: actually. It's a nice little family thing, isn't it? You know, almost following in in his footsteps a little bit. But let's keep it back on the same theme, Sean. Obviously, you represented Horsham. Uh, in squad basketball with the juniors for most of your life. Do you have any good stories from back in the day? I'm sure your dad would have coached you for a number of years as well.
2: Yeah, I mean, a lot of good memories, a lot of good stories. And I think the first one was back in under-14s. We were, the, I think, the first like, boys or men's team to make a nationals and that kind of started. Bit of a role there for Horsham where a lot of teams at the under-14 level were competing and going to national championships and for a town like Horsham, like, that was just incredible. And to be the first first team to do that in the boys section was pretty special and Dad coached that team and went on to coach a few more but that's probably the highlight of my junior career, what we could do with that team and it was really special obviously being from Horsham, and always being the underdogs you're playing against teams with junior associations of hundreds of kids and we're battling to put seven or eight kids in a representative team to go away and compete so
0: yeah that was cool and a lot of fun. Yeah and to go on and to get that far is an amazing achievement right there and we wanted. to to talk a little bit about playing in the big V as well Shawnee that was some of John and my highlights man like 10 years ago now that 2009 (laughs) team wow that was something else right there do you have many great memories from then
2: Yeah, I think just thinking back on that time, and I was just a young kid, 15 or 16, and it's just the Horsham way. That's when you start playing men's basketball because that's what's next. But yeah, just all of those trips, going to Melbourne, again, competing against associations much bigger than ours and being an underdog and whatnot, it's just a cool feeling. And obviously we did well. And just playing back there in Horsham, everyone's just doing it for the love of the game. Nobody's really getting paid. We're just... A bunch of mates playing and going away and enjoying each other's company so we definitely have a lot of great memories. Probably the biggest one was when I think Aaron had just finished in college he was going to play in Adelaide for his rookie season and he come back and played a game with Cam and myself so we had all three of our brothers playing together and yeah that's just something I'll, I'll remember forever I mean I don't think they ever had tickets to Hornets games but they had tickets that week and they sold out really quick and it was just a packed house it was really cool and I, I believe that year we went on to win it, so it was a pretty cool season.
1: Yeah, actually, um, I remember that game very well. I'm pretty sure they shut the doors about an hour early before the game yeah. started because it was so packed out. And actually, funnily enough, because we were on the uh, up on the on the bench there, Nettie, and my co-stats man got locked out because he was too late into <laughs> the, the game. I remember that. But, uh, it obviously, was a good one. Yeah, and, and like Johnny Ned and I talk a lot about those battles back against Melbourne Uni. You know, like Ned said, it was 10 years ago now. But I mean, that must yeah. have really set you up for the you know the path for success, joining that team early, learning about culture, learning what it's all about like we're saying you must look back on those times as a really good step in the direction where you've gone now.
2: Yeah I think being the age you are you kind of, for me I was playing in state teams and I guess under 16, under 18 state teams and I was playing against those kids, but I think the stuff I did on the weekends with the Hornets playing against men, it it was just a completely different game and no doubt it helped me going away to those national titles and being used to playing against guys that were a bit more physical and older and a bit smarter and whatever. It's invaluable, but I think just growing up in Horsham, it's just the way we do it. Speaking to other kids about what they do, they don't really play against men until they leave high school, but the unique situation there in Horsham with the numbers we have, you just play against whoever wants to play and for us it was men and stepping up into that big V team and playing for the Hornets, it's it's just the way we did it and something I think helped a lot of us.
0: Yeah, that, that's very good point there too and I guess, John, very far off the mark here but I've got my young fellow playing for our team at the moment, Shawnee, and he's he's been playing there for like a couple of years now and he's only 13 years old so definitely getting yeah. used to playing against the big boys definitely. at an early age. But we wanted to talk about your transition to the minors, man, and playing under Guy Malloy. How was that for your career?
2: Yeah, again, really special. At the time, I don't think I understood the magnitude of having somebody like Guy around, but I guess getting a bit older now, played some QBL seasons, played for some different Siebel teams earlier as well, well, with the Miners. And I guess kids coming through, I think these days, working hard and whatnot, but just having that guidance of a guy like Guy, I know I'm really thankful for. He kind of took me in and I had the option to go to college after my first year in Ballarat. He kind of sat me down and said, well, if you want to do that route, it's great, go do it. But said to me, if I was to stay in Ballarat, he'll do whatever he can to help me get to the NBL. And to his word, he did that from that day on. I think it was after my first Siebel season. He was there to work out whenever I wanted to work out. And That next minor season, he kind of just threw me into the lineup and I think I was starting. He just did whatever he can to develop us. And I think the minors at that stage were going a different route with bringing Guy in and bringing a lot of young guys in to try develop them and I think from that the miners themselves have developed a lot of NBL guys from that kind of error and something I'm really thankful for and guy was a big part of my journey.
0: Well that's crazy right there. Actually, did you know this, Joel? This is no, news for it. me. I didn't know that you were uh, contemplating going to college. I, what was the go there, Sean, if you don't mind us asking?
2: Yeah, well the thing with that was like growing up, seeing what Aaron did, going to Baylor, looking up to him, I thought The only route to really do anything special is to go through college. That was my only focus and when it comes to it, I kind of had some opportunities at schools and the time that I was looking to go, I guess with what Aaron did with Baylor, I kind of thought Division 1 was the only way to go and if you're doing it, you had to kind of be at a big time school. I didn't really have those offers at the time and not to knock Div 2 and stuff like that, a lot of guys go there and do well and if, in hindsight, if I knew that at the time, I probably would have tried that, but the situation arose with the opportunity guy offered me to stay in Ballarat and do that and trusted him and went for it and I guess it turned out alright in the end.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I guess it's sort of like, with Jock as we spoke with him Nettie everyone's got a different story with basketball and a different path as well and and you mentioned it just before Sean once you made in the NBL of course you had stints with Cairns and Brisbane now with Sydney which we'll talk about a little later on but did you find that that work that you did with Guy really helped with the transition to the top league?
2: Yeah 100% He'd obviously spent a lot of time in the NBL. He'd just come off winning the championship with the South Dragons as an assistant coach there. So he was fresh out of that system and I think he knew exactly what a guy like me needed to do to get there. He didn't fluff me and say that I needed to average 30 points in the seaboard or whatever. He kind of laid it out there that I just needed to be solid. and needed to show that I could play a role at that next level to begin with and that's kind of how he moulded me and shaped me into who I am now but who I was when I stepped into being a development player in Cairns. There was no question the transition to go up there was pretty seamless because of what Guy did for me and how he taught the game.
1: That's awesome man and look, how do you feel walking in on that NBL court man? I mean you're starting to get a lot of minutes now it must be a pretty awesome feeling getting to you know brush shoulders with some of the who's who of Australian basketball. Yeah, I
2: mean for me growing up I just wanted to play one game so to now be in kind of my sixth or seventh season it's a dream come true it's funny i've got a year six yearbook somebody sent me after i think my hundredth game my brother cam actually he's working now at my old primary school and he found this old yearbook and it was in year six i just wanted to play in the the nbl i didn't say the nba or anything like that i think i was pretty realistic as a grade six kid but (laughs) Yeah. yeah getting that it was pretty cool like just to look back and just look at i guess achieving a dream and yeah i guess living that out every day now I'm proud of it I still get excited every
0: day So, and as you should man and it's not like it, the NBL's is nothing to look over either it's got to be up there now with one of the best leagues in the world the list of people that are coming to play out here now is crazy like hats off to you for that but you did get to step onto an NBA court against Phoenix when you were at Brisbane how, how was that that must have been a surreal feeling
2: yeah absolutely that's exactly what it was at the time I'd just come off an injury so I was in a race kind of to get back and playing that game so I was doing a lot of rehab and whatnot to get out there but to be able to suit up I've kind of said this to people before but it felt like a video game to be honest like that's cool yeah. as a kid you go up idolizing the NBA you watch YouTube videos and whatever and just being out there warming up I was looking around I was like this is crazy <laughs> I would have never dreamed to be out
1: here it was yeah. really cool that's so cool and I mean that'll get it would just be like a dream and I can imagine that feeling of stepping out like you're in a video game like you know to be a lot to take in I'd imagine as a young guy but I guess it sort of leads us into now you're playing of course with the Sydney Kings out there with Casper Ware and Andrew Boga which is pretty cool in itself what are your expectations for the year Shawnee how do you think you guys are going to go yeah
2: I mean as a team I think have obviously brought new guys in with myself, but obviously the the core of the group, they've stuck together from last year, obviously adding Casper who's a huge name and a part of the group and a couple of other imports are going to be huge pieces as well, but we're definitely, our expectation is we want to win a championship, that's obviously what Kings teams want to do every year, but we have a lot of work to do, we're a new team, we haven't done anything on the court yet, and obviously the Perth and Melbourne's have won the last couple of years so we need to find parts of what they do that, that we can add to the Kings and I think if we come together then we can do a lot of great things and it's just a lot of work between now and that championship at the end of the season now but one we're excited about and looking forward to.
0: Yeah, very much so and not that I'm anywhere near an expert but I, I do think you've really made the right decisions and moves here man. Casper Ware, wow, yeah. he's, he's just an excitement machine right there. Playing with him must be all sorts of awesome.
2: Yeah, he's going to be a lot of fun to play with. Someone I I love playing against, but also yeah, he he gave us a lot of trouble whenever I played against him, and I think that's how the Kings felt. That's why they went out and got him. We've actually had a week during July. We had a mini camp where we had both Casper and Bogues on the floor before they kind of took off. Bogues with the national team and the stuff he's doing, but I think things are going to be exciting. Both really good players, and it's going to be fun to watch.
1: I guess you're going to be stuck with the task of D and Casper up at training, are you?
2: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, it's Casper and it's Kevin Lesh as well. He's an ex MVP as well, so it doesn't get any easier. So. Jeez. Good luck ben, with
0: that. Uh, yeah, I'll have my hands cut out. <laughs> of course, Cut man. out for me and it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, Kevin Lisha, I, I can't believe we didn't even bring yeah. him up. He's like one of <laughs> the, the list goes best on. players in the league. I would say you guys are a legit chance to get right up there, Shawnee. So who knows, man? We'll have to get you on at the end of the season and yeah. just
2: do a bit of a recap, <laughs> I think. Yeah, and if we can win it, I'll, I'll be happy to
1: jump back on and talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be awesome, man. And look, Ned touched on this just before and it's something that we've spoken about a lot. You must feel like as an NBA, Player, the growth of the league over the last, say, two, three, four years has just been staggering. Do you, you really feel like it's becoming a legit league? I know when the Australia Team USA games are on, they'll start to talk about it being the second best league in the world. You really must feel like it's heading in that direction. Yeah,
2: I mean, I can't comment on a whole lot of other leagues not playing outside of Australia too much, but. You see the imports in our league, once they get done in the NBL, it being a short season, they go on and play in the biggest leagues in Europe now. So I guess that's the calibre of imports we're now attracting to the NBL. And that just shows the strength of the league that those top quality imports want to come and play out here. And that's probably the thing I've noticed the most is from when I first started, the imports that were coming to the league, the quality of them now, it's just, it's through the roof. And not just the quality of the players, but... Quality of how the clubs are changing off the court. I think there's just growth in all areas, and it's exciting. And there's no doubt it's going to continue to grow. It. It's a really special time.
0: Yeah, most definitely is. And just wanted to ask Shawnee, you, you yourself personally, what does the sort of future hold for you? Obviously, you'll be all targeted in on winning that championship. But where, where can you sort of see yourself in five years' time or so?
2: Oh, man, five years. I'm 28 at the moment, so hopefully still playing or just wrapping up a career, I'm not too sure. But like you said, my focus is on this year and everything to do with the Sydney Kings. And hopefully... Being successful with the Kings can springboard myself and the rest of the team into having a few good years here together. That would be that would be the ideal
1: situation. Yeah, that's awesome. And I reckon after about that five years' time, Shawnee, we've got to come clean a little bit on the reason why we do this podcast is we're actually recruiting for our local basketball team. So once you've wrapped up and you want to come back to Horsham, move back in with Mum and Dad, can we tempt you into coming to play with the uh, Zombies on a Monday night by any chance?
0: Now, before you answer that, Sean, we know this is an awkward one for you because I do believe that you're... Uh... You sort of have allegiance to a typical team that has put me off a movie in the Flint Tropics, but they don't offer you a free T-shirt, my friends.
2: Well, you see, this is the thing. When I actually left to go play for the Miners back in the day, I had to sign a waiver that I was a Flint Tropics for life. Oh, oh those, those clever it, bastards! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was under contract. I had to get him out from my, my contract with the Flint Tropics. Yeah, for ever reason, that franchise holds down there in the Horsham A Grade competition. I then definitely think it has fallen. That's that. good,
1: man. <laughs> yeah, <it's> Look Look, <laughs> our, our front office can deal with all the details. <laughs> That'll be fine. We'll, I'm sure we'll
0: get you there. We need yeah, you, Sean. Yeah, but, I have played with Cam before, your brother, but, yeah, never you or Aaron, so it'd be great to, at some stage, like, we're talking 2029, <laughs> so we've got time to work this out. No, nah, we can figure it out for
1: sure. Uh, good uh, stuff, nice. man. And keeping on the theme of that homegrown side of things, like, do you have a, a tip for any of the kids out there that are listening? We do have a relatively young audience in a way, Neddy. A lot of the kids love to listen to these podcasts. Ned's got a, a 13-year-old. I'm coaching some boys as well. Do you have a, a one tip that you'd throw out there for anyone who wants to follow in your journey?
2: Yeah, I mean, I said this at the unveiling of the, the mural last weekend but for me it's just about enjoying it I think everyone naturally works hard at stuff they enjoy doing whether it's basketball or what I'm doing or whatever you want to do in life as long as you're enjoying it for me that's the biggest thing we we only really get one crack at this and if you're enjoying doing what you're doing you're going to work harder and it just makes it looking a lot more fun
0: yeah I love that right there and I wanted to talk to you real quick because my wife Anna brought this up she always we've got a lot of good things to say about you Sean and she was at you Sean Bruce camp when I was stuck working and she said that you told the kids that one of your best games that you ever played was when you just racked up a whole heap of assists can you tell us about this one man because that's what we sort of want everyone seems to be very scoring focused but I believe and correct me if I'm wrong but your best game was when you just racked up a whole ton of assists is that right?
2: The best games that I personally think I have would be those games. That's kind of what I pride myself on doing is making things easier for my teammates and I guess at those camps with the younger kids that's kind of the message I try to send them is that you don't have to always be somebody scoring the ball. You can go set a screen or cut or find somebody and let them score. That It's just an enjoyable way to play the game and I think just the generation we're in at the moment with. Everyone wants to post a highlight of themselves scoring, or the NBA, it's all about breaking somebody down and scoring the ball, but there's a lot more that goes into the game, and that's being a good teammate and treating your team the right way, whether it's your coaches or your other teammates. I think that's just an important message to get to kids that it's not all about scoring. Only one guy on the court can do that at a time,
1: each possession. So the other four need to be valuable in their own right. I completely agree with that. I reckon and it's sort of it's almost like the state of the game today is a lot around scoring. And it's happened a lot in like high school basketball in America. You're getting 140 to 130 for the total score. But I think what it comes down to, and sort of what you're saying, Sean, like even the title of that mural, and I said this to the boys last weekend. It's it's the culture of champions. I think the key word there is actually culture. You know, it's building that <laughs> team environment. Like what you're saying, that it's not always about scoring bring your teammates and i think that's a that's a really good horse from quality yeah in my opinion
2: yeah absolutely and i think that's what owen hewan needs to get credit for is that's the way he teaches the game and i mean maybe us guys up in the mural get the credit for things we've gone on to do but it's the way our teams played the game and just everyone being selfless and playing the game the right way um, yeah really set everyone up to be successful and i mean That's why Corsham kind of plays above their weight with other associations is just playing the
0: game the right way. Yeah, most definitely, man. And just really quickly here, Sean, we were just talking about those camps that you had. Will you be doing another one of those at any time soon, the Sean Bruce camp? Yeah, no, I
2: definitely would love to. I did one and then my next off season I was over in New Zealand, so it was pretty hard to come back and do one from there. But definitely in the future, I'm, I'm thinking of coming back and doing it. It's just where time permits, but... had a lot of fun back there in Horsham, and it's cool to see those kids now come down to Melbourne and show their face and come and say good day and tell me they're at
1: that camp, so yeah, that was really cool. Yeah, that's very cool, man. And just to sort of finish things off on a uh, a bit of a different note, what what do you sort of get up to in your downtime? I mean, you're in Sydney now, I suppose, there's probably a lot to do whilst you're there, but what do you get up to when you're not shooting hoop?
2: Yeah, so um, at the moment, I'm actually at uni doing a couple of units got my bachelor's so I'm working on the masters at the moment so that takes up a little bit of time but other than that, just the usual stuff, whatever's going on TV, playing some video games, stuff like that. Keep it pretty chill and yeah, keep off my feet when I'm not out on the court and just relax here. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. Love that right there, Shawnee. Well, thank you so much for taking some time <laughs> out to chat with us, man. We really appreciate it.
2: No, nah, man. Thanks for having me. A lot of respect for you guys. Yeah. Being from Horsham and going outside the box with what you're doing with this podcast. I see you've had Creaky and Jock on the show. So hopefully your ratings don't drop this. I'll <laughs> be going up, man. Don't you worry. <laughs> uh,
0: They'll be going up. Uh, thanks for having me, Phil. Uh, no worries at all. We'll get behind Sean Bruce and the Sydney Kings. They kick off their 2019 20 season on October 4 against the Cairns, Taipans. And of course, Shaun EVE returning to play for the Zombies. Watch this space 2029. Hit him up on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Sean Bruce 9 and Twitter.com slash Sean Bruce 7. Is that right? 7 9? Yep. Got you there? Yeah, sounds
2: right. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Some other Sean Bruce out there <laughs> stealing all the numbers. <laughs> If if not, someone will
0: get it. Oh, hell yeah. Thanks, Shawnee.